thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to Primal Alternative Podcast. How exciting. Woohoo! I am joined today by Daniela Princey, who is a conscious psychologist. I asked her what girl she was, and she said she's the consciousness girl, which I absolutely love. And um, I was actually put in touch with Daniela by Sally Gray. Now, you might remember Sally Gray was a guest on PAP25, and it's such an awkward acronym. Primal Alternative Podcast is PAP, which for me is another word for crap. And obviously for a, a smear test at the doctor's. <laughs> and it's so bad that I actually love it. And it stayed. And I don't mind being PAP. So on PAP 25, I had Sally Gray. Um, and she did an amazing interview about basically getting control of your life and living the life that you want to have. And Sally suggested that I got in touch with Daniela. And so we've been trying to find a time to tee up uh, that works for us both. And we finally got together today and had an amazing conversation. And it started off um, with a chat that we were having. We both said we'd been talking to um, clients this week and that there was a big um, time management, time management. People are feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling detached, disconnected. They're feeling like a bad mum or a bad wife or like they just haven't really got, um, you know, they've got a lot of guilt and judgment, comparisonitis around where they are in their life at the moment um, and no real hold on consciously creating the life that they want, which is what we're going to talk about today um, with Daniela. So Daniela is a psychologist, but she's also a life coach as well. And um, she is really interested in a holistic approach to psychological therapy in adults, uh, teenagers. She's especially interested in teenagers and kids. And she incorporates life skills and strategies to ensure a valued and meaningful life. Um, she's really passionate about helping people to reconnect with who they are to transform their lives so that they may discover and live a life of purpose, authenticity, value, meaning, and vitality on all levels. And isn't that something Oh, isn't that something to behold? Now, she deals with um, adults, couples, families, and kids with all sorts of different problems from anxiety and depression, um, health and lifestyle issues, emotional regulation issues, stress management, parenting, family dynamics, relationship issues, parenting support, strategies, and self-care grief and trauma, um, as well as life transition and adjustment issues and school and behavioral issues as well. So a really awesome show to dive into. Um, 
that we talk about all sorts of things around, yeah, relationships, um, health and fitness, your leisure, your work, your environment, your spirituality, and really take away a lot of awesome actionable tips around mindfulness. What the hell is that? We talk about that around mindfulness. We talk about meditation, ways of being, um, yeah, and just really creating a value-based living, which is so exciting. I obviously asked Daniela what she had for breakfast and whether she what she thinks about wine, coffee, and chocolate. And I also ask her if she thinks the ultimate goal is happiness. So stay tuned for an awesome, awesome show. Now, Daniela and I are so super aligned in terms of um, our message and what we do and the, the things that we are trying to um, help others achieve in their lives. Um, my two health coaching programs, Thrive, which is a 21-day clean living journey, looks is a really awesome um, 21-day program to look at uh, the primal nutrition, so eating plants and animals, as well as making sunshine, sleep, stress management, and connecting with the tribe all priorities in your life. And it's done in a really fun way. Like I'm a bit of a goof and I like to be a bit silly and it's done in a really fun way. Um, and that is in a group setting as well. So lots of sisterhood support and we really um, try to be mindful around comparisonitis, guilt, judgment, all that kind of thing. Um, and we even have in that program, social media fasts where, you know, we become, you know, you, you take your social media in when you want to, you're not a slave to your notifications. Like for example, I have my phone on silent all the time. I don't get any notifications because every time you get a notification, it's the same response in your body. It's a dopamine hit and it's a cortisol hit. It's a fight or flight response. The same response to a rustle in the bushes that could be potentially a lion coming to eat us. It's like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's for me? Something for me, something for me. And to have your body in that state 24 seven is not really how we're designed to be. So Daniela talks a lot in this about how we can slow life down and um, yeah, and just gives you some tips on how to slow things down during the day and still get stuff done. Right? Don't worry. You can still get stuff done, which I know that I'm also oh, don't do too many things because I've got so much stuff to do. But the reality is that once you weave in these habits, Daniela calls them um, anchors and, and how to anchor and, and I do as well, which is amazing. So when you anchor, you, you weave in your anchors throughout the day, like your different rituals that you have that help you just stay present and in the moment and to dissolve some of the stress that you've accrued through your work or your family life or whatever it is, that's when you really do start to make some, uh, kick some goals and really get productive, uh, more productive in your life as well. And it's funny that she talks about, um, you know, knowing what your values are and looking at all of those different aspects of your life and working out what you want in those areas of your life, because that's exactly what I did with my mentor. She put me through that grueling weekend of tedious questions around what were my values? How did I want to go throughout my day feeling? What drained me? what um, energized me, all of those sorts of things. I'm like, I have not got time to answer these questions, mentor. I have got shit to do. And it's the reality is we're too busy to even allow ourselves the time to work out how we want our lives to look. 
And ultimately, we are the creator of our own reality. So the reality is that all of the situation that you're in now, it's just a result of the choices you've made up until this day. And even that might sound like a bit of a slap in the face and a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. The exciting thing is that you can change your path and you can create a future that you really desire, but you just need to work out what it is. Okay. (laughs) Very, very important. So you can find out more about Daniela at daniellaprincy.com and check her out on Facebook as well. And without much further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to the show, Daniela. It's so cool to have you here and to be in the same state as me for a change. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. Yes. And it's been a journey to get here, but it's it's great. Thank you. Yes. Are you in in Bumbering? Is that right? In WA? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're still like... You're in Albany. Yeah, I'm in Albany. So it's still totally miles away but um but in the same state which is really cool yes Yay. <laughs> Yay. i love it i love it so before we get into um into the interview today i'd love to first of all start with what you had for breakfast okay um i had a late breakfast today and uh for a range of reasons sorry i have to just explain this a little bit in i have gone through all these different ways of nutrition in terms of eating what people say to eat and going through these eating plans and diet plans and all these nutritional things. And I've now stepped into a um, eating with awareness of what my body is telling me. So this morning I wasn't hungry. I wasn't going to make myself eat breakfast. I do a little bit of intermittent fasting. So I managed to push myself through and I was out and about. So I went and purchased a chia pudding, like chia breakfast thing with so chia seeds and fruit and a bit of yogurt. So not too bad. I still try and nurture myself as much as possible, but that was today. Yeah, no, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds delicious. So tell us a little bit more about the intuitive eating that you've been doing. Um, I, I have a range of odd bodily conditions. <laughs> like I've got a, um, a fatigue virus that no one can diagnose. Um, I don't have a gallbladder, so I can't eat certain foods but no one really educated me on that. I was 12 when I had it removed. And so back in the day, that wasn't really talked about. So I'm only discovering things now. And so what I've done over the years is, and I've also been involved before my fatigue um, quite heavily in, I was competing in like fitness bodybuilding kind of stuff. So I was eating to compete and train. And so you follow all that type of really potentially unhealthy <laughs> strategies around eating. Um, and, and I've always had a real interest in nutrition and nurturing my body and fueling my body with food and good food. Um, and so probably the last 12 months, uh, I've been trying different things. I tried the keto way of eating and then I realized actually this is really counterproductive because I don't have a gallbladder. I really can't be eating high fats. This is not working for me. But I could feel it in my body. I could feel something wasn't right, but everyone's telling me how good keto is. And so I took a step back and I thought, Obviously, my body's telling me something and I need to start listening. And one thing doesn't work for everybody. And I've noticed like there's other people that do different ways of eating that work for them. And, you know, so from an intuitive way of eating, for me, it was just just stopping and listening. If I eat something and my body doesn't feel good after, well, then don't eat that again. Or if I, I still always will come back to the healthy way of eating though so if i feel like eating I don't, i'm vegetarian so i don't eat meat but if i felt like eating 
a McDonald's burger, I would never allow myself to do that because that goes against everything that I believe in. Um, but if I felt like a burger, a vegetarian burger, I would go and make one that was with the healthy food. So do you know what I mean? So like I'll still go with the intuition in some degree, but then there's, there's levels as to how far I'd go. Um, and, and yeah. And so if I felt like some chocolate, yeah, I'd have chocolate, but I normally go the dark organic 85, 90% dark chocolates. And I'll have a few bits of that and I won't gorge myself because I know if I eat full cream milk chocolate, like I feel sick and that's not even worth it for me. Mm. Um, but if I don't feel like eating, I won't eat. And if I do feel like eating, I will eat, if that makes sense. There was all, you know, growing up, we've got all these programs about, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day and, you know, all these different rules and, um, and programs, I guess, is the main word that I use. So it's having to undo a lot of that stuff and just trust what your body's telling you. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It's very aligned with um, with my beliefs as well. And what a liberating what a liberating way to live to actually eat what you want, not eat when you don't want to, and listen to your body. And, and like you say, within within healthy guidelines. But really, when you yeah. when you do get into this um, into a healthy way of life, you never. Like, I don't know about you, but I never fancy a McDonald's burger anyway. So it's not even, <laughs> not even an issue. I, I, I actually stand in amazement and look at the, like, yeah. snake cars going into McDonald's. Yeah. Um, even stopping. grocery shopping, I, I have, yeah, exactly. And I have fun at grocery shopping because I'll look at other people's groceries. Like, it's, I, I, I don't judge. I just don't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> But I, I often think, wow, you know, like, back in the day, that could have been me or, you know, uh, it's just interesting. Okay. And this comes back to my consciousness and awareness. I think once you start opening up to understanding things, you can't go back. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then also in, in that space of listening to your body, I actually enjoy cooking more because if I feel like a curry, I really enjoy the, the act of cooking the curry because that's what I'm wanting. Mm rather than going, oh, my gosh, I have to cook dinner. What do I, you know, oh, I can make this, you know. And so there's a lot more, um, I guess, consciousness again, but um, love in the, in the joy and joy in the process of the cooking and the, and the shopping and whatever it might be. So I don't know, it's like a that's whole right. thing. It is. It's a whole, a whole lot of pleasure to, um, that's there to be enjoyed. And, you know, you're right, you can't, right. Un- you can't unknow what you know. Like once you know, then you know. And it's almost like sometimes scared <laughs> to find out something new. You're like, well, I, I can't not know that, that about that certain product anymore, you know. And I think that the um, breakfast, um, you know, you must have breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day was absolutely some propaganda from a cereal company. Like it, it's, absolutely. Not, <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> an absolute crock. It's an absolute crock. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daniela, take us back to, tell us your story. How did you end up? doing what you're doing now um so i moved to australia in 97 21 years ago <laughs> it's just time it flies and i just finished high school and i had a few ideas i always knew i wanted to help somebody uh or help people and i didn't have the best high school i had a bit of issues with some girls and um so i came to australia we moved to bunbury with i moved with my parents and i had choices in bunbury of in terms of helping vocations were nursing and psychology. And I still remember my dad going, oh, both are great, but nursing, you've got to do shift work. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. So I literally kind of fell into psychology. And, um, but I do love the, the human mind and I really enjoyed learning. I actually did so well at, at uni compared to high school because I just loved what I was studying. And um, 
I went, so after studying, you've got to do two years of supervision. So I did a couple of years at a vocational rehab organization, which is like through workers comp and stuff and had kids. And through having kids, I thought I need to do something. I was going stir crazy after 12 months at home without work. And I started thinking of going into private practice. And so that's kind of how my journey started 12 years ago, maybe 11 years ago now. And then um, when I said, so probably about seven years ago, I, um, I went into the training. I was talking about, I'm sorry. That's all right. It, <laughs> it, was, so it was so quiet. It was so quiet. Before, when I went into my training, that's when I started becoming aware of the nutrition. Mm. And through the nutrition, I started understanding, well, actually there's a connection between nutrition and mood. And, and that started getting my awareness around a, a few different aspects of psychology. And then over time, uh, the mindfulness concept was brought in and there's a model called acceptance and commitment therapy. And I went to one of those workshops. I'm like, wow, like this makes a lot of sense to me. And so just over time, I was slowly introduced to different aspects of ways of being. And about six years ago, I thought, no, like the way I'm working, I love it, but I realized that there's this real disconnect. When I'm working with people, there is a significant disconnect between who they are and the life that they're living. A lot of the people with depression and anxiety that I was working with were unhappy because they were just essentially living their lives for other people, pleasing their family, pleasing their parents, pleasing their partner, pleasing their kids, but not actually looking after themselves. And this is moms and dads. And so that really got me thinking, and that's when I stepped into, okay, something needs to change. I'm going to change the way I start working. I really stepped into the mindfulness-based model and started researching a bit more about nutrition. And I'm currently studying nutritional psychology at the moment in terms of um, gut health and um, sugar, brain, gut thing, and all, like all these things. Sorry, I'm distracting myself here. But go into different tangents. <laughs> but anyway, so back to my story. Um, and so... So, yeah, that's what got me on this journey. And the more I opened up to it, the more people were resonating. And then I actually went through it myself. So within my, my work and within my private life, I realized something wasn't quite gelling and I went through the whole journey of identifying who I was, what my values were, what my passions and, you know, all of that and starting to make changes around that, which brought me into really stepping into the holistic conscious psychology work. And, um, and it just... The reason I love it is it's because it's not just a model of come, you know, I don't know what people think, lie on the couch, talk about your problem. I'm really forward thinking. I shift your energy to moving forward, making change. And it's almost like a lifestyle change. It's not just dealing with the past. It's okay, let's move through the past, let go of the past, but let's move forward. Let's make change. Let's make, let's create this life that you want to. And let's really connect to who you are. And um, I just, yeah, I just love way that it's all just sort of unfolded and I just love the work that I do so yeah perfect and you're like you're the best of both worlds Danielle because you know when I think of psychologists I think about yeah like you said dealing with stuff from the past going through things that have already happened and whereas when I think of a coach I think about right well let's start with where we are right now and and, you know how do we want the the future to look whereas what you're bringing Mm. with your work is both which is which yes. is fantastic, which I, which I really, really yeah. love. So for those of us that the, in the audience that are listening and don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the link between nutrition and, psycho- and psychology? So just that uh, gut-brain connection and how what we eat can actually affect, affect how we feel. So 
as I said, I'm, I'm still currently studying it, but I'll tell you what I know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <the> so, <laughs> that's fine. The, the main thing that I've taken so far, there's two aspects, is first of all, sugar. Um, sugar, uh, high GI kind of carby foods that create this um, insulin spike. What I'm finding with a lot of people is they're eating to stay awake or to get energized, but what that's creating is this, um, this bad pattern of eating more of the wrong foods because every two or three hours they've got to get another spike of that, you know. So um, coming back to breakfast, people that are eating, I don't know, jam on toast with a coffee is setting themselves up for a sugar spike and then a crash in a couple of hours' time for another coffee or another muffin or something like that. So what that also then does from a mood perspective is you get that irritability and that agitation. You might get headaches. You might get... Um, yeah, that just that, that irritability, I think, is probably the one with, with that type of eating pattern. So when I work with people with nutrition-based, potentially nutrition-based issues, along with their, their current issues that they're coming to speak to me about, I try and help them shift into high-protein-based foods, good fats. The protein is where you get your serotonin and your dopamine from. So when you're having good proteins, um, it creates tryptophan or 5-HTP, which then creates serotonin and melatonin. Melatonin is to help us sleep. So uh, we need good protein foods pretty much every meal of the day if we can to keep the good rate of melatonin, uh, serotonin and melatonin to be produced. And that also helps our moods. Um, and then I kind of around all that, I guess, as well, is with the sugar spikes and, and um, with the blood sugar axis spiking throughout the day, then you get the, serous, uh, the insulin and the cortisol spikes, which also then creates anxiety. Cortisol's uh, the hormone associated with the stress response. So that's not helpful, plus the weight gain around some of those hormones. So like it's all, all linked. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so hopefully that makes sense of what I've just said. Yeah, no, it does. It's, it's wonderful. And yeah, I think that most of us have been on that you know, sugar dependency roller coaster of, you know, uh, needing, needing some a snack, not being able to leave home. I mean, imagine like our ancestors, imagine if they were like out hunting, you know, something and then, oh, they just run out of energy. What do they have to do? Just like take a little <laughs> banana and some <laughs> yeah. nuts and have a little snack. No, like we're not just we're like, Absolutely. we've created this problem, this sugar dependency. And um, it's not how we're not how we are hardwired um, to be as humans, mm-hmm. which, which is great. And we, can, and we can totally turn it around and not have that horrible, hangry feeling, you know, where you're yelling yeah. at the kids because you're just past, you're going to gnaw someone's arm off if you don't get some sugar mm-hmm. in the system there. It's a, a totally horrible place to be. And I think many of us have been there. Yeah. And unfortunately, what I have seen happen also is people use the sugar and you said in that way um, for the ser- – because it does – there is that link to the part of the brain that makes you feel good. So there is an instant boost of serotonin when you have that sugar. So you do feel good in the moment. So it's about te- helping people unlearn that association that they've developed because for you to now say, okay, you can't have sugar, they're like, but that makes me feel good. So you've got to realize, um, yeah, that there's other ways to do that. And so it is quite a – it's a challenge for a lot of people. It is, yeah. I think that any um, diet or lifestyle changes are can pose a challenge, yeah. And that's why it's it's good to be able to work with either a group of people for accountability or to work with a coach who can you know guide you through and 
make you feel like you're not on your own, which is really good. But let's get into the crux of what you do. So you are the consciousness girl. Tell us about this massive um, situation that we have in, in the modern world where we have never been more connected in terms of technology, but yet never been so disconnected from from ourselves, from nature, from our family, our communities, and how that's leading to general feelings really of um, unfulfillment, of whelm, exhaustion, depression, anxiety. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about, about your work and, um, yeah, let's take it from there. Yeah. Um, gosh, where to start? Yeah. I guess I'll start with um, a few months ago, I write an article each month to a magazine and a couple of months ago they asked me to write about um, I don't know, how to be successful when busy or something along those lines. And I pretty much started my article with to to be productive when we're busy, the first thing we need to do is actually stop and slow down. And um, and I think that's what it comes down to because there's a whole combination of things going on here, but essentially when we're busy and we're on that constant state of busyness and we're not slowing down, which is what technology is doing. You know, if you think back to 30, 40 years ago when our parents came home, they came home and there was no internet. There were no text messages constantly following them home from work. You know, they come home and that's it. You could sit down with the family, you could spend time with the family, you can go for a walk, you can read a book, do whatever you want to do. So we, we don't have that now. So we're not having that, that downtime. And in that, this, the stress response is becoming overactive because we're on this go, 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 go constantly. Our brain and our bodies don't know how to slow down. They don't, we don't know how to just stop. And when I introduce meditation to people, I often get that. They look at me like, I can't sit down for 10 minutes and breathe. Like who, who's got time for that? So, um, so that's, that's one part of it. You know, this, this busyness is actually creating an illness in us because that stress is creating anxiety. And again, with the cortisol and all of that, it's just unhealthy from a physiological perspective. Then from a psychological perspective, because we're not learning to shut our brains down and slow down, we're becoming um, impatient, we're becoming intolerant, we're becoming snappy. And then that's creating this real disharmony with the person that we want to be. I frequently have moms saying, they're this really bad mom, like I'm always angry and I'm not a happy mom. And like that's, that's a terrible place to be. And so a lot of our work, the work I do is help moms to find their value again. You know, you're just as important, if not more important than, than the people around you because you're kind of the hub. And if, you, if you're empty, how are you going to keep people going? So I do a lot of work around reconnecting people through the consciousness of where they're spending their time, how they're spending their time, what they're placing value on. And when we look at what our values are and the actions that we're doing, when there's a misalignment between our values and behaviors, that's when the unhappiness comes in. So I realign, okay, this is what's important to you. You're not doing that. Let's bring that in. Let's bring those actions into your life. So starting to live a value-based life, starting to make changes for yourself and focusing on what's in your control because we get caught up in things outside of our control as well and we give energy to that. So it's like just bringing you back to you, bringing you back to your consciousness, to your what's in your control, to your life and, and making you the, the most fulfilled, connected, value-based person you can be because that can only flow out to the people around you. Um, and I'm just talking how I've totally lost track because I get so excited about this stuff. <laughs> um, does that make sense, what I just yeah, said? No, no, I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And it. Um, 
one of the, I'll just add to that. So one yes. of the biggest challenges I find, which is I think coming back to your question as well, a lot of mums will, I'm, I'm saying mums because they kind of the main, uh, no, they're probably about 70% of my clients, but I, I have work a lot with men as well. And it's the same issue as time. Usually there's double income families. So both parents are working, then you've got kids, um, you know, you've got housework, you've got chores and stuff and um, even if you don't work then with the younger kids they are so demanding of our time so I get this constantly around I don't have time and so that's another thing I work on is I actually wrote a post on my page yesterday or the day before I might be today actually days glowing mm-hmm. um, that we all have the same number of hours in a day but we have to make our hours count and really be conscious and aware of where you're spending your time because how much time do we waste? I've had, I've done this myself. I've sat down to respond to a text message. A message on Facebook's popped up. I'll check that out. The next 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still on Facebook. What's going on? And it's so easy to get caught into that, that, um, that habit, habit or pattern. And um, so helping people to really be aware, okay, where am I spending my time? What is not important in that so that I can let go so I can bring more important things back into my life? And if you've got to wash the dishes but your kids are wanting your attention, forget the dishes. Just sit down and give your kids a hug and play Lego for five minutes and then go and wash the dishes. You know, it's about that connection because in all we're doing as parents, we are giving our kids their stories and their programs their beliefs so if we are giving them the message that they're not good enough we're not important enough to spend five minutes with because we've got to answer a message on our phone or wash the dishes then that's scary because we as adults now have enough programs and stories we're dealing with without this whole social media technology thing that wasn't in our time so i'm really fearful of what our future kids are going to have in terms of these additional stories and beliefs around social media that's that's real that's a real like oh that's a real heavy one I feel because it's like you know like you're saying um a lot of mums are feeling like oh I'm such a bad mum I'm always snappy I'm always this and then they're always like we're conscious like oh shit if I'm if I'm like you know I, I run an online business and my kids come home from school and you know I give them fix them up a snack and it's like right I'm gonna do my last hour of work before I start on dinner mm. and so if they're, they're like coming asking me questions I'm like go away I need to finish yes, off my work yes, you know yes. so it's, it's like I kind of like oh my god the guilt I'm ruining my child but I guess the yeah. something that I found really interesting in what you said there Danielle was that um you know we're always kind of rushing through our chores as if like we need to get to the end of all of these chores and then when I get to the end of all of that then I can relax and enjoy myself or then I can play Lego with my kids and we've kind mm-hmm. of like missed that present moment whether we're doing it with our with our chores every day or we're working in some job that's so sucking our soul that we hate but we're doing it because you know we're gonna have a holiday or we're gonna be happy when we retire but so there's all of this all this going on and I know we can we can all relate and it sounds really good to know what your values are but where do you start like what sort of questions do you have to ask to work out what your values are yeah and who's got I go there, I want to add who's got exactly <laughs> Before, before I say into that, I just want to say, coming to what you said before, because I never actually got to say this because thank you for reminding me, it comes back to balance because the reality is we do have work and we do have housework. So I don't want to place this guilt on parents. My gosh, that's like Thank God. Work, that's cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> being able to say, say to your kids, okay, kids, you know, I really love you. 
give me half an hour and then you've got my time. Like let them know you can still do what you need to do, but give them the positive message around that. Or um, from a young age, it's good to teach kids, okay, this is your time, this is mommy's time, now it's our time, you know. So again, if you've got that kind of concept, as long as they can see value in, in the fact that, yeah, the dishes have to get done or the, the work needs to get done. And as they get older, it's easier, but it's just giving them the message verbally as, but then following through. Mm. So if you're saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, but you're not actually showing that, that's where the issue is. So it's about st- finding that balance, still doing what you need to do. But when you are present or when you, when you are there, be there, mm. don't be playing Lego, but then thinking, okay, well, or later on I'll do this. And you know how it's easy to get distracted in the moment as well. So just try and really, like those are the little things um, that you can do. And there's so much more. I could talk for hours. But coming back to your question about the values, mm. absolutely. So I've designed like a six-point wheel, I guess, of life. There's all different ones out there. But my ones are relationship, health and well-being, leisure activities. Um, I won't remember which ones I've said now. Relationships, health and well-being, leisure. Work or study, uh, environment and spirituality. And in each of those areas, I've got a list of values. Well, they're all the same, like a list for each area. And just even looking into each of those areas and asking yourself, what is important to me? And when I speak about values, it's not just moral values, but that's part of it. But it could be um, your, your need, you know. So in a relationship loyalty and trust are important, but I also love adventure and, you know, I I like going away, you know, like, so there's no judgment in it or there's no right or wrong. It's just what helps you to feel that this is getting ticked off or, you know, whatever area you're looking at. And, and then once you look at that, you can ask yourself exactly that. So where am I? So in my relationship, these are my values, how far, and I won't talk about that in a second as well, how far am I in alignment with those values? So on a scale of one to 10, yep, um, you know, loyalty is 10 out of 10 and, you know, um, trust is 10 out of 10, but adventure is one. Okay, well, that's something I need to work on. So as, from a practical tool, that, that can be really helpful to, to look at. But coming to relationships and with yourself and with your, parent, your partner and with your kids, you can do this values-based thing to get them to look at it as, as a couple or as a partnership or as a parent and kid what are your values together? Hmm. So I've got my values as an individual. You've got your values as an, indiv- in, as an individual, but as a partnership, for lack of a better word, what are our values? So um, especially because yours might be, you know, independence and, and time alone and your partner might be um, <laughs> like quality time 24-7. Oh, no. So, like, hey, yeah. so um, that's, that's a bit of, and it's a really great way. I do that a lot with couple work that I do. It's a really great way to understand yourself and then each other because a lot of couples get into the space of losing connection with each other. I've talked about connection with self. But then when kids come along and work and busyness and all that, we we grow, but then we grow away and we don't, we forget who we are and who each other is or who has become. So it's a really powerful tool and an exercise to do. So it's, it's, and and it's a lot not, of fun, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's not hard as it's just right, you know, six things no. down and just to have a look yeah. at them. And this is really uh, real gold, Daniela, because I've done, you know, my values thing before, like what, what's important in my life and that doing that really transformed my whole life. Like once I worked out what my values are, literally, 
two days later, that's when I got the, um, the guidance to franchise my baking business and create my health coaching programs online. Um, And so, you know, but I, before that, and when I got asked by my coach to do these, answer these questions, I was like, Oh, what a waste of time. Who's got time to, to answer these questions. But actually knowing what your values are, just like you say, just creates that consciousness and you know that you're you're on track. You're living an extraordinary life that you you're creating. That you it's very empowering to work out. You know, like you say, okay, well, trust and loyalty is a ten, but adventure is a one. Okay, well, that's easy. Let's go on an adventure together, darling. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. But I've never thought about doing it together with my partner and with my kids. Mm-hmm. So this is gold. And yeah. guess what? We'll yeah. be doing after dinner tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my poor kids. We can't even watch a movie without me going. Now, boys, did you hear that message? Like, oh, yes, oh. mum. <laughs> but I think it's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with what you just said, though, that whole not time, it's just really resonating because even saying that indicates how much potentially we minimise ourselves in the face of others because essentially what you're saying is I don't have time for me because I'm giving all my time to everybody else. And that actually makes me a bit tearful to think because I used to be like that. And, and that's how so many of us are operating. And it's, that's exactly where these problems are stemming from because you're not valuing yourself. And I just want to give people the message that you are important and you are enough. And it's just with a few little tweaks that you will feel that because if you just take half an hour a night to have a bath by yourself or to make a cup of tea and sit in the sun for 10 minutes a day and just just drink your cup of tea. Those little things, you're starting to show yourself that you are worth it, that you have value, that it's important for you to do this for yourself, to love and nurture yourself, because then that's where everything will start flowing from. If you can, a lot of the frustration is because you're not feeling worth anything because people are using your time and you're not even valuing yourself. So how can anybody else value yourself? So one of my favorite quotes is the relationship with yourself will set the tone of all other relationships because if you're not having a good relationship with yourself, how on earth can you have a good relationship with your family and the people around you? So it starts with you. <laughs> and um that's very powerful. And it's just, that's very yeah, powerful. It's so is, is there, yeah. Do you think there's a reason why it's so hard for us? Like it's it's you know, for everybody who's out there, you know, like when you were saying you felt tearful and I've been there before, you know, um, putting myself, not necessarily putting myself last, I've always thought I've looked after myself, but not giving myself, I've never allowed myself to do so many things that, that are good for me because, you know, I ne- now that you do them every day, you're like, oh my God, now I know that, you know, I was basically a train wreck. I was heading towards burnout. Like it was just a nightmare that wasn't sustainable. And when I look back, I wasn't a great wife. I was, you know, shouting at the kids a lot. Whereas now that, you know, my cup is full and I, I know what I want, then the whole, like you say, the whole of your life um, changes. But once you create that consciousness, like before you've created that consciousness, what, what, do you know why that the, the norm is that we're also like, I couldn't possibly lie down in, in the sun for 10 minutes and drink a cup of tea? I don't know where it stemmed from, but it, it's some kind of societal ingrained patterning, uh, programming and beliefs. You know, I remember once, it still sticks on my mind, I said to a parent, a mom with one or two-year-old child about getting out and getting some exercise. And I want to speak to the exercise in a little bit, but 
I said to her, just put them in the crate for 45 minutes. And she almost went, she was like, oh, I can't do that. I feel so guilty. And like, there is so much guilt. It's like the guilt is the underlying thing. And I don't know where that stems from. Um, I mean, you know, thinking back, it, it's the mom's role. It's the mom's role to raise the kids and look after the family. But the fact is our society has changed. We don't have communities of families living together. We don't have all the mothers and women looking after the family. Moms are working as well. So it's almost like we are trying to maintain the old roles Mm. of being a mother and looking after the family and taking care of everybody else and the dad roles of working. Not that the dads aren't working, but you know what I mean? Like It's like we're taking on all these extra roles but that's not, it's not sustainable, not without yeah. some level of self-care and self-love. But we've still got those ingrained programmings and belief systems around, well, this is what I need to be doing. And when I speak to people about, you know, you've got to start looking up yourself first, you've got to start um, nurturing yourself and, you know, stepping away from other people. Like that, that, you can see the fear and guilt in the face straight away because it's like, oh, my gosh, like I, that's, and, you know, Selfish. even... Um, it, it's selfish, yes. And a friend of mine calls it, and it's such a beautiful term, he, he's termed it selfish selflessness. You know, we've got to be selfish to be able to be selfless. Like we can't that. be selfless without some kind of love back because we just burn out, like you said. Um, I had somebody once give me a, a metaphor or analogy, whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. She said, we are like a plant and without fertilizer, we can't grow. You, you're going to go brown. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always stuck in my mind as well because that's essentially we you know we're trying to grow but without fertilizer because we feel guilty that the fertilizers are know bad or wrong um but it's it's, it's essential it's like mm-hmm. for us to survive and to survive in a good space that's what we need you know we mm-hmm. want to be good moms we want to be happy we want to be having fun like life is so serious you know you want to be fun and joyful but you can't be fun and joyful if you're empty because you've got no energy and you're cranky and grumpy. So it's, if you, yeah, don't look at it as being, as feeling guilty for being selfish. Like you're doing it so that you can be a fun mom or a energetic mom or a, I don't know, intimate partner or whatever you want it to be, you know? So it's about, it's thinking about the others, but what do you need to do to yourself first to get there? Yes, yes, absolutely agree. And, you know, just going back to the childcare thing and, and put in, um, you know, you, you had your client who couldn't put the kid in the crash for 45 minutes and, you know, I've been there too. I remember seeing a psychologist and she said, I had my kids in daycare for a day while I was out working and, you know, I, was, I wasn't well. It was when I was in my health crisis and she said, well, why don't you put them in daycare for another day and have a day for yourself? And I said, I couldn't possibly, same thing. Oh, I couldn't possibly, have, you know, who, who am I to deserve that basically? And then went nose first into a health crisis as a little warning for everybody, don't do, don't do what I do. But, you know, I drove past a daycare centre the other day and it dawned on me that, yeah, we're not, we don't live in that tribal sense anymore where, you know, the, the women all look after their children and, and the mother gets a break and all the aunties feed the babies. Like, we don't live like that anymore, but we still have got that, support in the community and yes you have to pay money for it and you know they've got to qualify and but it's still there like there's still that option mm-hmm. to have support to help you raise this, that we're not on our own yeah so the first word that jumped to me there is judgment and so this oh. is another thing in this whole journey is this criticism uh, coming back to um, social media is, is comparison 
Yeah. So, oh, um, so-and-so can do it all on her own. Look how happy she is on Facebook. You know, I've had clients literally mm. say that and I know the other person and know that they're in an absolute hole, but they portray themselves as the best parents on earth on, on social media. But anyway, so judgment. So there's this programming belief systems around having strangers look after your kids. Mm. And so you're right. You're, I love that whole idea of, you know, they, they just extended family mm. in a different way. Um, because and breaking through that that judgment and that um judgment of self or judgment of others because that is what holds us back as well and um yeah just wanted to say that Mm. but coming back to what you're saying because there's also the balance when i mentioned before about this fatigue thing i single mom training twice a day running a business and I felt like on top of the world, I was eating so well. My body, I was like, go. But then this is why I know this meditation mindfulness stuff is so important because after a year of that, my body just shut down and said, no, no, yeah. no this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and um, even still today, if I don't manage my stress levels, it comes back. It's a recurring thing. Mm. Um, just as a, so, reminder, and that's why a reminder so- to slow down and to connect. Yeah, it's a good thing. Exactly. And I have it, yeah, I'm just about to say, I have it as a reminder for me, but it's also a lesson for me to share with people because when people say to me, I don't have time to slow down or I don't, yes, you do. It's almost like a necessity, you know. Mm, it, it is. We, we have to slow down. We have to start looking after ourselves because our bodies only have so much capacity and at some point they will stop you. Mm, they will. You don't stop yourself. And I think most people listening to this will have had some kind of crash or burnout at some point. But what I, what I find is like, yes, it is a very fast paced world. And actually, I actually quite like it. I, when you were talking about going back to a world without social media and just getting home from work at five o'clock and not having any messages following you, like, oh man, that's like, I like it. I, I like the way that it is. I don't want to go back to that where, you know, you, you just have <laughs> no one was allowed to ring after six o'clock at night and all of that. Like we've, things have changed so much, but we're in that, yeah. that, that state now where we need to really, um, have mindfulness and have that discernment around our use of social media and, and to make sure that we that we get um, get the best out of it you know and that, that it doesn't rule us and that we can we can enjoy it and I just wanted to share a story that um, I had about social media as well a very close friend of mine we were raising children at the same time she had a beautiful Instagram page like absolutely enviable to, like just perfect you know and she'd post all these amazing things on there. And then like, like you said, I'd go and have a coffee with her and she'd tell me, you know, what was going on in her life, which was, you know, real life, you know, not, not very amazing stuff on Instagram, like, you know, stuff that we've all got, like with money and children and relationships and that kind of thing. And, um, but I, and, I, and I, one of my values is authenticity. And so it used to really make, piss me off basically because I'd be like, well, you've posted that on there, but you've just told me that. And that there's a bit of a, a thing there and and so but I never said anything and a few years later she said to me that those were you know that her three children were young they were the hardest years of her life and so it was like a gratitude practice for her that she'd pick a beautiful part of that day and she'd put it on Instagram and so when she looked at her Instagram feed she could see all the things that she was grateful for and it took Mm -hmm. her mind away and I thought that what a beautiful insight to share with other people who've got that the, the flip side like where I was with a comparisonitis yeah. feeling like oh my god your yeah. life's perfect what why am I failing yeah. why does my yeah. kitchen table not look as <laughs> good as yours you know you know that yeah. kind of thing so that's a good that's one to share 
But let's yeah. get into let's get into mindfulness. Like, what is it? Let's just start with what is mindfulness. There are so many. So there's there's mindfulness and there's meditation. So mindfulness in itself is just an act of being present. So if you think about all the senses that you have: see, touch, taste, smell, all those. Um, Everything that you do, it's about kind of bringing yourself back through those senses to the present moment. Like a great example or practice would be, you know, when you're driving to work, you can actually do it on autopilot. So sometimes it's really great to go a different route so that you have to be present. You have to notice what's around you. You have to notice where you have to stop. And in doing that, I I love the idea of looking for something new or looking for three pretty birds or something. So the concept being, you are in the moment of driving to work, not driving to work whilst thinking about what you're doing that day, that night and over the weekend. So in essence, that's what it is. It's just about being present, having your mind and your body in the moment that you're currently doing um, without thinking about 600 million other things whilst you're doing it. Perfect. Um, and then, Adding to that is the, the practice of meditation or just guided breathing even where you just give yourself 10 minutes where your brain and your body can just connect, be focused on the breath. Again, your mind's going to wonder, but you bring it back and you just give yourself or gift yourself that time just to reconnect and just re-experience that downtime because we don't experience it because we're so busy all day. It's just retraining your brain and your body how it feels like to be off for a period of time. Just turn that switch off for a bit. Mm. And, um, and, and yeah, so, and so even when people become overwhelmed, so anxiety is a lot of fear about the future. What if this and what if that? And, you know, so I'll often just say, just stop right here. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So being present, being mindful right here, what have you got? And I was going to say, because you mentioned before about the Instagram thing, I was going to bring in the gratitude because often we can get mm. caught up in the sense of lack, I don't have enough. So the comparison judgment thing, I don't have this, I don't have that, or I'm fearful of this or whatever. So it's like, just come back and just share the abundance of what you do have. Be grateful with what you do have. Experience the moments of what you do have. So like even today, I was doing a video call earlier with a group and I thought I have to be outside today. I need nature. <laughs> yeah. but it's been such awful weather. And so I went and I found it was literally, I could see the gray clouds here and the blue sky there. So I drove to the other side where there was blue sky, <laughs> sat down and the clouds came over and I'm like, oh my gosh. But then I was like, no, I got five minutes of sunshine. So it's just about shifting into appreciating and, and celebrating the, the little gifts, even if it mm. is five minutes worth of what we have and what we experience. And even in the day, reflecting back on your day about, you know, what did I learn? What did I receive? What did I gift somebody else? You know, all those. And so that also brings you back into the moment of day by day living and not getting caught up into the future and fearing the future of what's going to be because we just don't know. Mm. And um, yeah, so being mindful, being present, being uh, grateful of, of the here and now. Mm. Really. And it, they're, they're all wonderful and I absolutely wholeheartedly concur with everything that you're saying and I think the one thing to um that I find really easy when it comes to this is is acknowledging that it is it's all it is all a practice it's not something that you can just instantly do and and I know when I first started gratitude a a gratitude practice it was 
um, you know, you felt like a fake until, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. I suppose I'm grateful for that. You know, it's like until you actually cultivate it and then you start to cultivate that feeling of gratitude, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess mm-hmm. people, different people feel at different places, but for me, it's kind of like in my chest, like it's a kind of like warm, oh, like warm and fuzzy is kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important to point out that it's, that it's human nature, like we are, it's our default to have a lack mindset and that's part of our primal mind to be um to be survival of the fittest like if we had an abundance mindset we're like i don't need to bother catching any more wildebeest because one will probably pass by tomorrow and we don't need to go scavenging for berries because i'm sure somebody else will bring them you know like if we thought like that we wouldn't have yes. where we are today. And, you know, like we're at the yeah. very end of the line of all of the ancestors who've gone before us. So we are the, the, the fittest. We're the ones that have survived. Yeah. So we've got the biggest lack mindset. And mm. it's really up to us to, to cultivate that abundance mindset. But mm. what I'm really interested to hear from you is, like, if we do all this stuff, Daniela, that's all lovely. But what, what are the benefits of it? Like, how is it going to bring change in our lives? Okay. Um, so coming back to the ancestral times of lions and tigers, so first of all, the stress response is from that time, you know, so it, it serves a purpose. It's there to protect us and keep us safe. The fact is, though, that we're not responding to lions and tigers anymore. We're responding to, I don't know, Facebook. a text message, text or, message. you know, Facebook. But exactly. it's the same response. Exactly. It's the same. So it is. exactly the same response. But what they've, what they've actually discovered is... Um, that oh my gosh i'm trying very hard can you hear that is okay um what they've discovered is over eight periods uh, eight a period of eight weeks they did a a study with poor little mice and they discovered that with prolonged levels of stress the amygdala the part of the brain that activates the stress response actually becomes enlarged so what's actually happening now for those of us that are in this busyness stressed mindset is that our our stress response is in hyper arousal hyper alert like the amygdala is it's like trigger switch it's really sensitive because it's become enlarged they then did a study that couldn't teach mice yoga and meditation but they did a study of people that practice yoga and meditation and they discovered that their amygdala had actually shrunk or was back down to the normal kind of size and they hadn't experienced that enlargement so um physiologically and neurologically there are huge benefits in that way but then coming back to behaviorally, you know, if, if you are a grumpy, unhappy mom, by learning to be present and mindful, learning to stop and take a breath, learning to practice some of these tools and strategies, it'll help you take that step back and de- like separate yourself to then be able to respond in a way that you choose according to your values is the way you want to respond. Mm-hmm. So there's those benefits as well. Um, and just... You know, coming back to the consciousness, I mean, it just, it just highlights all of that stuff. Like even with you, what you said before, the gratitude, because I, I teach that. When I, when I work with people with gratitude, like I'll say to them, don't just tell me you're grateful for the roof over your head. Take yourself home and feel what it feels like to have your home, you know, and feel that, mm. that the power and the energy underlying that emotion. How does it feel? Like feel that. Feel into whatever you list. I'm actually selling these beautiful little gratitude jars at a friend while I'm selling them for a friend. And um, you can write, and like they're so pretty. But like you can, like you said, how do you start that journey? You can do it. In, there's apps on the phone if mm. you want to go phone. You can write. You can get a journal. You can just verbally say it, whatever. But it's just it. It 
the mindfulness, all of the slowing down, it just gives you that greater appreciation. It just helps mm. you to just expand your consciousness and awareness of what you have and who you are and, and the gift of everything you're experiencing. You know, even for me with a, a, what, I, you know, what people would term a negative, I don't use negative and positive so much as words, but like a challenging experience, I will seek, I'll take a step back. Okay, now what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Like what gifts are in this experience yeah. rather than just you know, melting down? So there are so many benefits. It's just that whole ability of getting that sense of control back over how you respond and react and, and show up to experiences to be able to just reconnect, ground yourself. I've got a really quick, great sort of exercise on that. Um, and just being present to what is without your mind shooting off 600 different directions and making you feel really bad and, and falling into those programs and beliefs again, you know, hopefully mm. that makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely um, makes sense. It's, it's more of a, like a, instead of just hurtling through life, kind of like we talked about before, waiting for all of the shit stuff to be out of the way. So you, then you can enjoy yourself. It's more about enjoying every single step of the journey because you're actually now, now yeah. in the present because that's all yeah. we, that's all we've got. And um, I think yeah. another benefit that I'd like to add as well is is actual productivity like I know that on the days where I say I'm too busy to meditate today like that is the day that I really need to meditate because yeah. you know I can go and go oh my god I've got like 11 billion things I've got to get done and I've only got an hour and oh no, I haven't got time to go and do 20 minutes of meditation oh my god and I'll go and do the meditation and it will be absolutely crystal clear after the meditation that I only need to do one two three things and I'll come to my yes. computer get straight onto it instead of going, oh, what was I doing again? Um, oh, bing. Oh, you, you know, like that. you just get, when you're overwhelmed, you just, you, you lose yeah. that clarity and then it, it takes you twice as yeah. long to do something that you could have done if you had that focus. And it's much more. And that's what I wrote about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's what I wrote about in that article when I said the first mm-hmm. thing you need to do is slow down is, is for that because we get so, mm-hmm. I have moms saying to me how they've got, 10 half-finished jobs around the house because they'll be running to the laundry and then they'll see something else and they'll be yeah. there and they're carrying yeah. the laundry. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> just, just stop. Take a and breath. Then and then you a coffee that time. you never drank because you were... Ca- yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that coffee, yes. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, the food burns on the stove or whatever. Mm. So, um, absolutely. And, and I think, just to give you, because practical, listeners want something practical, a really great strategy that I have learned over time is about dropping anchor. If you picture a ship in the ocean that is getting tossed around by a storm, if they're not anchored, you can just picture them like tipping and going upside down and whatever. So if you picture yourself dropping anchor in the middle of a storm, you're still going to get knocked around, but you're going to be grounded. Mm. And so a really great way of doing this is, you know, no matter what, so if you're in that state of I've got all this stuff to do or I can't cope or the kids are killing me or whatever, you know, you just, you just stop and you, you stamp your feet on the ground. So you feel your feet touching the ground and you can actually even push your fingers together. It's like that you, you bring the awareness to right here, right now here. Like I'm here. I can feel the chair. I can feel my feet on the ground. My hands are here and you just take slow breaths and you just ground yourself and sense yourself. Like I said, you can even use the senses. Um, I've got someone at the door. Um, You can even use the senses. So you can use your senses to just bring you back to the moment. So um, I'm feeling my hands, I'm feeling my feet, I'm feeling the chair or if you're standing, whatever. I'm taking some breaths and this is what I can feel. This is what I can see. This is what I can smell. 
you may not want to hear if the kids are screaming you may want to block that one out <laughs> but it's just really about just stopping and dropping anchor getting control and then okay now what do I do and then it's like one step at a time I just need to get the kids in the bath or I need to I don't know put the food in the oven or whatever it might be and just take yourself back to that one step at a time because yeah we're just trying to do too many things at once and we just become overloaded and we just become overwhelmed and fall in a heap so even if it's not doing anything like the kids might just be manic and driving you crazy and you just need to drop anchor take a breath so that you can just sit on the couch and give them a hug you know yeah. sometimes it's in our reaction and response to a situation that can diffuse the whole thing like if you're able to just stop and give them a hug and just tell them that you love them rather than you shouting back and then they shouting back and it becomes that kind of mm. compounding of chaos um yeah so just drop anchor and just become present and just gain that sense of control you know with with busyness and anxiety and stress it's just you lose control mm. and um through all of this it's like you know i've got this i can do this and this is how i'm choosing it's all in the choice of how you're wishing to respond as best you can of course we're still human and we're going to react and we're going to respond and we're going to lose it sometimes i've even found myself with all my tools and strategies like shouting and going I can hear myself shouting. I don't know why I'm shouting. I really shouldn't be shouting. I really need to do this and that. Like I, I've got this internal dialogue going on because sometimes there are days where you're just human. But for the most part, if you can, you know, change and shift and gain that sense of control, then, you know, that's, that's the best you can do. Love it. And that's, I re- that was, that's bringing me on to, um, we're just coming to the end now, but uh, just one of my final questions is, is about the whole human rainbow of, of um, emotions. And a lot of, that I hear from my clients is that, you know, like, oh, I've had a bad day today and I, I was angry or I felt depressed or I was a bit sad, but I'm hoping that it, you know, tomorrow I'll be happy. It's like, we're just kind of looking for this happy, 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 happy. And that we kind of like despair of any negative, you know, negative mm-hmm. feelings that come up. So I'd love to hear your take on all of the emotions and it, are we really shooting for happy or not? Yeah. Uh, no. So I thank God. I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, yeah. So we were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm all for showing up, show up as you are. But there's a difference for me between sitting in the space of whatever emotion and unpacking there and feeling sorry for yourself and what was me and learning to sit with it, shift through it. I do like um, energetic work of helping people kind of move through the energy of emotion, that, like, that power it has, and, and shift through it to get to the other side of it, but not, not to happiness, but just to that sense of peace and calm mm. on the other side of the emotion. Um, and then just being in that space, you know, just showing up. Because, again, judgment, comparison, guilt around not being happy 24-7, we're setting ourselves up to fail. So um, uh, I'm trying to think of your actual specific question, but hopefully that helps. So is it okay to, to have negative, you know, negative feelings or, or do we only, are we only doing okay when we're yeah. happy all the time? Because it's not. No, and. And, and, but then learning from that, yeah. okay, um, today's a bad day. Why is that a bad day? Mm. Oh, well, maybe because I gave my whole day to everybody else and did nothing for myself. So you learn from this. I need mm. to make change. This is not working for me. Um, my partner and I had an argument. Okay, what was it about? What can we change? Do we need to change the way we communicate with each other? 
So there's all these different things um, that we can learn to do from those experiences. So looking at, like I said before, every experience is an opportunity to learn and grow. So rather than beating ourselves up because we're not happy all the time, how can I change this? What can I do differently next time? How can I learn and grow from this? And, and look at it as a, it's a gift, it's a lesson because obviously there's something you can change and grow in. So, yeah, hopefully that helps. But definitely, like with my clients with depression and anxiety, I'll say, like, I'll quite openly say, like, you cannot sit there and unpack. Like, you can't stay there because that's not serving any purpose. So it's about allowing yourself. If you want to lie on the couch and watch movies and eat chocolate all day, fine. Love yourself, nourish yourself, nurture yourself if that's what works because there's no judgment in how you do that. But then on the other side of it, you have to still learn from it. What helped me? What would help me? But I would rather, you know, maybe go for a walk or something. You might still not be happy, but doing something that's more healthy in the nurturing of that space. Mm. But yeah. And feeling those emotions and, and the message, like you say, the message that's there for them, you know, quite often it could just be something as simple as your boundaries are being crossed and you didn't get enough time for yourself in that day or, you know, and really there is, there is no failure, is there? There, there is only growth, which is absolutely fantastic. What a relief. Everyone's uh, whew, yeah. going like <laughs> wiping their brow, which is, which is fantastic. So uh, there's two questions left. Um, the one is quite a serious, good uh, you're going to give us some loads of really cool tips. And the second one's really silly. The final ones are a really silly question, but I ask it to everybody. Okay. So the first one is um, you've, you've mentioned mindfulness. You've given us that beautiful dropping anchor, a technique that we can use. We've talked about meditation. Do you? And we've talked about getting out in nature. Um, are there any other tips or tools that you can share with us that can help us uh, and not necessarily like slow down because that puts me off because I'm, you know, I'm like, I want, I want to, I want to be fast. I want to do, I want to do so much in my day, but mm-hmm. to be, to be present and to connect because when we're mm-hmm. disconnected, we're not very productive. So what are the awesome tools can you share? Um, if you, so coming back to the meditation for some people who may not know, um, there is, there are a range of apps you can use. So you don't have to go off and sit and calm your mind by yourself for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. You can listen to guided meditations on a range of apps. And um, there's a few ones, like common ones that my clients use. So Calm is one. And I, I like the look of Calm. It does, you can do some of it for free and then you've got to pay. But there's lots of, like there's sleep story ones and then there's ones for being calm and then there's ones for anxiety. So like it's, it's nicely, it's a bit fluffy. I like it. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the more straight down the line teaching ones, which is like Smiling Mind. That's a really great one because you've got different age groups. So you can do it with your kids, teenagers and adults. Um, but there's so many. So using an app can be great. And when I help people start the practice of meditation, I'll say start at bedtime because if you don't have time, you've got to go to bed, right? So at least then you can unwind, you can do meditation and then fall asleep. Try not to fall asleep doing it because then your brain associates meditation with sleeping and that's kind of not helpful um, unless you're doing a particular sleep meditation. Um, but then adding to that, smell is our most powerful sense because our smell, uh, olfactory gland is directly linked to the amygdala, which is the part of the gland, uh, the part of the brain that I mentioned earlier that activates mm. the stress response. So when we uh, use a smell with, so I use, I love my essential oils. I make oil blends and I diffuse them and I do rollers and whatever. Um, but use or candles or incense or whatever, um, using a smell whilst you're doing the meditation so that if you don't have the time or the space to do a meditation in the moment and you smell that smell, 
the smell will then trigger your brain into that space of calm. Yeah. So it's really cool. I used to do that a lot, like in the afternoons with chaos of school, um, after home, like homework and making dinner. And I, it's more for me than the kids, but I'd put a, um, particular incense, incense or oil on or something, because that was a reminder to me just to stay calm and just to breathe through mm. the afternoon. Um, so that's a really fun, and I love, like I make body butters and oils and stuff, so I love that stuff, so that's, but whatever works. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, we've talked about nature, getting out, like feet on the ground, feet in the sand as much as possible, sunshine, super, mm. super important, vitamin D. Um, the, the gratitude practice that again can be part of either I've actually got a really great morning ritual I've designed where it's just like before you even get out of bed, because this is a really important thing. We can get out of bed with the, Oh, here we go again. Oh, the kids are arguing. Oh, I've got to get to school. You know, like a real almost negative (laughs) mindset ready to go start the day. So if you took an extra one or two minutes before you even put your feet on the ground and just took a breath, um, Again, feeling that gratitude, like those kids drive me crazy, but I love them. I've got these kids, like they're amazing. And I've got this home and I've got this amazing day ahead of me or whatever you want to say. And then some people wake up worrying about the day before. So it's, you know, wipe your slate clean. Today's a new day. I'm not thinking about yesterday. And literally smile, like put a smile on your face and set an intention for the day. And just, you know, today's going to be a productive day. Today's going to be a fun day, whatever you want to do. And then get out of bed that can really shift the way you start your day and how you interact with those kids rather than storming out the room to yell at them. You can just, I love these kids, <laughs> whatever it might be. And then by the time you get to them, hopefully you're in a better frame of mind. So um, that's another great practical tool. Yeah. And so I was going to say, coming back to the gratitude, you can, like I said, use the journaling, use an app, um, to sit with it, whatever you want to do. So hopefully those are some practical. Those are some brilliant and I really encourage everyone who's listening to take away just one of those things, something new and add it in and see see how it goes. So here's my goofy. On that note, sorry, oh, yeah, go on. on, that, on that, just exactly that is people often become, this is when you said before I meant to say this, we become overwhelmed with change because it's like where do I start? I've got to like overhaul my mm. whole life. And I, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't do that. So exactly that. Just take one thing that resonates right now and focus on that for the next couple of weeks. It takes 28 days for a new habit to form. So even if you do it, if that's all you do for the next month, then that'll be ingrained. That'll be more integrated. And that's what you want. You want to be integrating these things into the way you are, the way you're being rather than a separate tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or you can just over time, do it so like you might do one for a week and then add another one for the next week and so like by you know two three week a month's time you've, you've done all of them but however whatever works but yes one thing at a time absolutely no that's perfect okay. and you know sometimes making those changes is really hard at first but it really truly when you visit those anchors throughout your day when they become habit you know but when they become a habit in your life they really are just like it's like a little mini retreat, you know, like your 20 minute meditation yeah. or your beautiful Epsom salt bath or your walk in the bush, whatever it is. Like you're, you're like your whole, you feel your whole soul just go, oh, thank you. I had a mom once, um, cause I talk when I, you know, say like set up a space for yourself. Like she went and got herself a little mat and she put some candles and everything. She said, Daniela, 
I was in the middle of cooking dinner. I threw everything down and I went and sat in my space. And that's all she did. <laughs> minutes, just, that's exactly that. It's like a little, little retreat space thing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little altar to yourself, which is, which is perfect. Yeah. Is perfect. All right, here's my goofy question to uh, finish up with. But I love it. And in this habit, I've got to ask it to <laughs> What is yeah. your thoughts on wine, coffee, and chocolate? You've already said about chocolate that you like. You eat ninety percent chocolate. <laughs> yes. So that's a tip. Um, coffee, I I love it, but my body doesn't, so I had to give that one up. <laughs> and um, wine with good friends, I think that's a. I enjoy wine as a social thing. So yeah, great. It's like and a celebration. Yeah, celebration. Yeah, celebrating friendship and experiences. Yeah, and celebrating is very primal, which is that. Yes, is good. That's good. So, thanks for an incredible interview. I know there's people going to be listening, thinking, "Oh my goodness, how do I work with Daniela? How do I find out more about her?" So, where do we find you? Um. Okay, I'm going to say Daniela <laughs> Princey on Facebook only because I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of changing it all. So, Daniela Princey, the conscious psychologist. Um, is where you can find me on Facebook. And um, my website will be daniellaprincy.com. So do I need to spell that out? That would be good. Yes, please. So D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A-P-R-I-N-C-I, daniellaprincy.com. Too easy. And if we wanted to work with you, um, do you do Skype consults or do we need to come to Bunbury? Yeah. No, no, I, I can do Skype consults. I'm also part of an online uh, like therapy kind of producing organization. Um, you can come to Bumber if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I do one-on-one consults like as in, you know, you can just pay for each session or I can do like packages. And um, by the end of the year, I'll have a couple of online programs going as well. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, we definitely need to check out daniellaprincey.com to find out everything, all the more awesome things that you're going to bring into the world. And thank you so much for today. It's been awesome to connect with you and uh, hopefully talk to you again in the future. Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, Helen. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.